Well, with your Bible in your hand, please turn to the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians. This is the church that the Apostle Paul said brought great joy to him. This is the church that the Apostle Paul said, no other church came into partnership with me except you. What an introduction. What an introduction to a relationship. And so in Philippians, the Apostle Paul is um, concluding. He's coming to the conclusion of this particular uh, book, this epistle. And so he wants to encourage them. He first tells the ladies to get it together. Amen. He says, <laughs> it's in the Bible. He says, ladies, get it together. You know what I mean? If you can go to the bathroom together, get it together, right? You know, and, and um, it's just interesting things that ladies can do that guys just don't do. You know, it's like, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to wait till you're finished. I'll go to the bathroom. But so he tells them, he says, tell these two ladies whose names are written in the book of life, tell them to be in agreement. The reason for that is we can see that there is ministry for ladies. Amen, somebody. It's not a man-dominated thing that we see right in the scripture. So any movement that doesn't elevate the gifted ladies, God's not there. It's in the Bible. The Apostle Paul says, hey, these ladies, you, you need to let them know that there's a call on their life and, and, and tell them to be of the same mind, to be in agreement together, right? I heard a statement one time is that if the ladies ever came together of the kingdom, man, that would be a force that no devil and demon want to mess with. If the ladies ever came together. And we know this to be the case because when Mary and Elizabeth got together, amen, boom, things inside of them started to leap, right? So there's something about ladies getting together. And so he moves on and then he begins and he says, hey, this is, this is the deal. This is the deal. He says, the Lord's return is coming soon. He says, what you must do is rejoice then. You, you must rejoice that you're going through persecution, but you want to always be like this. He says, rejoice. And let everybody know that the Lord is coming again. What a great mandate for the church and for our children and for everyone we come in relationship with. Is why are you living like that? Well, I'm living like this because the Lord's return is coming. And so the Apostle Paul is telling them to do that. And then he finally now gets to the reality of living this thing out. How many know that not only we need to be relevant, but we have to live in the reality of the times that we're in. And if you don't have the scriptures, hear me, church. If you don't have the scriptures, you will compromise trying to live in the reality of trying to be relevant. And so the Bible doesn't say for you to stick your head in the sand and ignore what's going on. It says make sure you have the word of God in your heart. And that's what Paul was telling this church. Make sure the word of God is in your heart. And so he now comes and he gives them some empowerment. He gives them this encouragement. And so he begins and he says, if we can get on the screen, please. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. From the English Standard Version, it simply says this. And the peace of God. So he's adding on to what he's already said. So Philippians 4, verse 7. He says, and the peace of God will surpass all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It didn't say knowledge. That's low-level stuff. He says the battle that we rage is in the understanding of the times. We live in an internet age of where information is so readily available. Even this message I'm preaching that you can Google Philippians 4 and find so many sermons 
that would preach this message better than I can ever preach it. And so we're not short of knowledge. What we don't have is understanding. God knows we have no wisdom, right? And so the Apostle Paul is then to know that there is this peace that surpasses all understanding. It says, it will, do, it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 verse 7 in the New Living Translation says, then you will experience God's peace. So it says, if you walk in agreement as he began this chapter 4, and if you tell people the Lord is coming again, and he also says, we're going to get to in the verse before that, that we must pray and don't be anxious. He then says, then you will experience God's peace. So how many want to experience God's peace this morning? I got both hands up and my feet and both feet and everything like that, right? And so the goal this morning in your life is to experience God's peace. Listen, you can't listen to what's going on in the news and don't have God's peace. You lose your mind. You lose your mind. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it's the KPMG, the forecast CEOs, were saying that we're supposed to go into a recession again or things going to slow down. Talk about God telling you to start a company, start a business, and you're hearing reports like that. You need a piece of God that surpasses that. Because if you listen to that, you may not do the business that God called you to do the business. We're going to get into it, right? Because you heard knowledge, but you didn't have something that can exceed understanding. Oh, that's good right there. I just closed the Bible right there. I, I, I love how the Amplified puts it because the Amplified kind of expands it. So the Amplified says this, and God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. Oh, my God, that is so good. He's saying this peace that you walk into is such a state of your soul that it is assured that no matter what the weather is like, no matter what the economy is like, you are fully assured that your salvation through Christ is sustaining you. And so fearing nothing from God or being content with its earthly lot or whatever sort that is, that peace will transcend all understanding and it shall garnish or, or, or garrison and mount guard over your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So let me walk you through the couple of peace that, that we typically encounter. So the first one is what I call personal peace. Personal peace. This is the knowledge base. This is where motivational speakers hang out. This is where new age people hang out. This is where the culture will try to tell you it's called inner peace. It's, it's this piece of where, you know, if, if you do certain things and you just, you just, you know, empty your mind and it's just this personal peace. And, and, and so it begins there. And what we want from this, your personal peace, is we want things to be calm. If you like conflict, something's wrong with you. Amen. <laughs> now, conflict exists, but if you enjoy it, something's wrong. Now, there are moments in your life where you have to confront certain things, and there's things you have to not uh, back away from. But if you're a person that constantly is looking for conflict, something's wrong. You ain't got no peace. And so what they're saying is that we want to have this personal peace where things are calm. All the bills are paid. The kids are living right. The rooster is roosting. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, and everything's just happening. The dog is meowing, and the, the, the dog is barking. What's it? The cat's meowing. Whatever the animals do. Right, we, 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 just, we just want them to be, we just want to live a calm life. We want to be comfortable. We really do. And can you imagine churches where I walked in this morning, I'm like, thank God for heat. I mean, thank God for heat. A system that pushes heat out. Because I'm always cold. You know what I mean? But just thank God for, I want to be comfortable. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. It's personal peace. And the reason we need personal peace is because um, we have to make decisions. Decision making is part of your DNA. It's part of how God wired you. And so when you make a decision and you go through the process that you want your life to be at peace. And so we hear this all the time when people say, I just feel such peace about and insert whatever decision that there is. That's personal peace. That's where it starts. We could try to get prophetic, but it always starts right there. No matter what the decision is, it's going to come back down to that. I just feel such a peace about such and such. I was told um, that there are three decisions that are critical to your life. Now, you may have add some to it. You may have more than that. But these three were, were told to me. Number one, what you do with Jesus. First major decision. What do you do with Jesus? That will definitely affect your personal peace. The second thing is the uh, spouse that you marry, if God should happen to call you uh, to, to be married or you desire that. And then number three, the church you go to or the community that you're a part of. Those three decisions are critical for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Those things are absolutely amazing. And those are three things the enemy attacks. It doesn't attack if you want a Bensley. It doesn't attack if you want a BMW. It was so cool. We're going to, to uh, uh, I'm telling you, man, this is a favor of God. Ooh, I'm going to dance for this one. So, we, you know, we go ahead and rent the car, and I'm taking care of my business administratively. Amen, somebody? You know what I mean? And I'm like, babe, I got this. Book enterprise on my own. You know what I mean? Went online, by the way. Bah, 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 bah. You know, and I did it. And so I get there now picking up the car, and the guy's about to, you know, check me out. And he's like, we, we, we got a BMW. Do you want that? I'm like, let me pray about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I want to be? I'm telling you, man, listen, it messes your mind up. Because this car, um, I thought it was something was wrong with it because I'm trying to change lanes, and it wouldn't move. So I'm like, babe, are we going to have to stay in this lane the entire trip? And not realize you have to put the signal on and then it moves it over for you. And I'm like, oh, man, we, we, we drive in high class. And so it was a great personal piece. Amen. It was really, really good. And, 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 so, and so the point I'm making is this, is that, is that in making decisions, you have to understand the, the importance of, 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 of a decision because it has consequences. And here it is. Write this down. Write this down. Every decision you make will affect somebody. Every decision will affect somebody in your life. I rebuke the enemy that thinks you can live in isolation by yourself. No, no, you're connected to somebody. Here's a revelation. Someone is dependent on you. And so the way God wired you is that you have to make decisions. We call that God's will. We call that obedience. So the culture would say that you are free moral being. Yes, you are. But as a believer, if you understand the peace of God, you don't operate from the fact I'm a free moral being. I operate that I serve a God whose will I desire to obey. And so in obeying God's will, now I make my decision as a free moral being. Because then God will get the glory from it. And so when you make these decisions, it requires then for you to process. Someone say process. That you have to process these decisions and you can't make them by yourself. That's what got Eve into trouble. Adam didn't come and say, hey, let's process this thing together. That she got knowledge. And what happened is supposed to say, uh, Adam, come on, let's process why this talking serpent is telling me to do something that violates God's word. 
And in that process, guess what would have happened? They can now get to a place of, well, we got to get some peace that supersedes understanding. Because what I have to understand is God holding something back from us. Not knowledge, but it's God holding something back from us. So I need the peace to rest knowing that God is not holding something back from me. Come on, that is so good. That's how we make decisions. And so therefore, our personal peace is critical because the absence of chaos, we assume it's a confirmation that we have peace in the decision. And simply, it might be the enemy just rocking us to sleep. Let me just hold you so you can just be calm and make a decision that gets you thrown out of the will of God for your life. And so peace biblically is not the absence of conflict or chaos. I say this all the time. Isn't it neat that when he said, let's make man and let's make Adam and Eve and he made them. And all of a sudden they were there in full harmony with God and Satan was still there. Chaos was still there, but it didn't bother them. Why? Because they had peace. They have personal peace prior to the fall of God. And so the first thing that the Apostle Paul wants us to understand is this, is that when we talk about inner peace, we're not talking about a soulish type of feelings. What we're talking about is the rock solid, write this down, call of God on my life. That's what it is. What is the call of God on your life? I've been studying this, and I realize that, man, we're seeing people getting healed. And I, reveal, and I pray that we will see more people getting healed. Come on in Jesus' name. And from Rick's message on, on last Sunday, just talking about the testimony, person being raised from the dead. Come on. You know what I mean? And just seeing more of those things. But that doesn't guarantee peace. That just guarantees comfort. And we're seeing people getting saved, right? Because here's the deal. Here's why we believe in healing. Because in Isaiah, he says that by his stripes, we're healed. So based on that, we as the body of Christ, we believe in what? Healing. So if you have to make a decision about healing, the decision is yes. Why? Because I can't be saved without there being healing. Spiritually first, you're healed. And then we get saved. But the area where peace and Paul is talking about is the call of God on our lives. And so we have to sit in this because your personal peace is not based on how calm things are. Your personal peace is not based on how comfortable you are. Your personal peace is not based on the conflict-free life you live. Your personal peace is you've answered the call of God on your life. That's what it is. And so... How do I make decisions then? You make decisions on what to wear. You make decisions on things that may not be of eternal nature. You make decisions on the gray areas of life where the Bible doesn't necessarily directly speak to it. You make these decisions, write this down. You make those decisions based on your conscience and conviction. And so everyone you meet, when you talk about their inner peace, they're communicating to you that my conscience is either clear and my conviction is this. They're telling you what their value system is, right? And so the peace that guards your heart cannot just be the low-level personal peace of inner uh, tranquility. No, it is the beginning, but it is not where God wants to take it. So person who are called, an individual who's called by God, recognize that I make my decisions for my personal peace based on my conscience before God and also my conviction in God's word. That's so good right there. So we're talking to people and you want to realize that how do I not offend somebody? How you do that is by simply trying to acknowledge where are they at when it comes to peace. 
we are that when it comes to peace. And so it's this personal peace. The second thing, and the reason why we have to look at this peace that guards your heart, is not just your personal peace, but when anxiety attacks your peace. That's what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, in, in verse number 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious about anything. When anxiety and fear begins to shake the foundation of your peace and calm, based on the call of God. Let me say that again. When anxiety and fear begins to shake the foundation of your peace and calm because of the call of God on your life. It's the power of prayer that brings us back into that comfort with Jehovah God. Well, I think Jesus says that my house should be a house of what? Prayer. So that my peace can show up. Why? Because called people gather together for community. They realize that I'm a gift and I need someone to help me process this. I've got a situation. Someone needs to, to process this. I, I, I made a copy of this article that, that talked about how many people really have. And it's amazing as a, as a nation, we're moving away from having less friends. Now, I'm not saying we don't have many friends on Facebook. I'm talking about real close friends that you can process your vulnerable situations to. Very few. Very few have that. And that's why it's vital for us to pastor people properly. Why? Because you're dealing with vulnerable situations. You have to make decisions that are life-altering. And we have no one to go to. And so, therefore, we try to do it on our own with our own personal inner feeling. Because when anxiety attacks your peace, Paul says, don't be anxious. It shakes the foundation of your peace and calm. And it's the power of prayer that can bring us back into comfort with Almighty God. Again, I have to just take reference. Being a parent is probably the hardest thing. It's really difficult. My daughter's driving from LPU right now, and I've got the Waze app, and I keep checking. Okay, God, she keeps, okay, she went through the toll. She's doing good. She's doing good. I'm like, okay, God. And I have to have the peace and trust that God's hand is upon her life. Are you with me, somebody? Because the enemy will try to run roughshod in my mind. Flat tire. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I stay awake and I don't get the rest that I need. And I'm miserable. And I got to be a good husband. And so what happens is this, is when anxiety attacks, not if anxiety attacks, when anxiety attacks your peace. Anxiety is attacking your peace, y'all. That's what it's attacking. It's attacking your peace. Why? Because if it's only the personal peace, he'll get you wrapped up every single time. Every single time. That the enemy is not omnipotent, by the way. The enemy is not omnipresent. The enemy is not even close to God. There isn't devil than God. So because he's not omnipresent, he can't be everywhere at the same time. So when he comes and attacks, it's strategic. Why? Because he realizes this one has to be good. So when he attacks with anxiety, he knows he's going after your personal peace. That you're calm right now, but he wants to know, are you calm because of Christ, because the Lord is blessing you? Or are you calm because you figure everything out on your own? It's like Job. Have you considered my servant Job to mess up how calm it is? Parenting is difficult. He would pray for his kid and make sacrifice for his kids just in case they were doing something they weren't supposed to be doing. Parenting is hard. But man, it prepares you for pastoring. (laughs) Because really, you're pastoring teens who need to be parented. Amen, somebody, right? So so when anxiety attacks your peace, what are you going to do? Don't argue with your spouse. When anxiety attacks your peace, don't lose your peace of mind. Come on. 
When anxiety attacks your peace, what does he say to do? He says, offer up a prayer of peace to that anxiety. Offer up that prayer of peace to that anxiety. And so it says, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to who? To God. So here's how it works. So you come and you say, uh, Minister Kevin, man, this anxiety is attacking me. It's attacking me. And if our relationship is close where I recognize that, I want to be vulnerable, I'll tell you what it is, right? No more secret prayer. No, I'm going to tell you what it is. I trust you enough. I can tell you. I'm at personal peace. I can tell you what this thing is. And so I tell you what it is. Trust in you that you're going to be able to say, okay, let's go before God with that because it's above my understanding. That I'll tell you what I think about it, but man, you're bringing something that exceeds my understanding. And so let's first give God thanks because we know he has the answer. Let's give God thanks because we know that he has the answer. And so we go ahead and, 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 and we do that. And so we offer prayer. Here's a quote. The peace of God which, repl- which replaces anxiety, the peace of God which replaces anxiety in the life of a prayerful believer is impossible to experience unless one is already at peace with God through faith in Christ. The peace of God is the antidote for anxiety. That is so good right there, man. It's what's going to help us to do that. So we offer up our prayers to God. So you have permission that when we meet and greet and you want to see people, walk up to them and ask God to show you discern and says, Amy, you seem like, seem like you're anxious. seem like you have anxiety. Let's pray right now. We got five minutes. Come on, let's pray right now. And let's go get coffee if that calms you down. You know what I mean? But, but let's, let's pray. Let's pray and let's believe God. Why? Because here's the deal. If we don't deal with it in the anxiety place, we will lack peace in other areas of our lives. And that's the next point. We will lack peace. Why? We don't understand. And this is what I got. Man, I listened to, to Minister Rick's message and, and, and Minister Greg. He talked about the, the anchor, and, which is faith. He talked about the rock, which is Christ. And, and then uh, Minister Kep, uh, excuse me, Minister Rick came, and he talked about uh, the peace and the storms. And I listened to both of those messages, and I'm like, this is it. What do we do when we lack peace? If you go back to that story, this is what's needed. I'm going to end with this because I think this is really, really cool where we are is this. The Bible begins, and it says this um, uh, in Mark chapter 4. I want you to turn to go, go to Mark chapter 4. When we lack peace, what we do, Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Here's what happens. In Mark 4, verse 38. So we're going to be- begin with this. Because this is where God has us. This is where God has, has a movement, has a body, has a church, has a family. This is how you move with God. This is how you journey with God. This is how you move from place to place. This is how you accomplish the will of God for your life. This is how you move from one nation to another nation to another nation. This is how you move from a neighborhood to a neighborhood. This is how God has designed for us to accomplish his will in our lives. And watch this now. In Mark 4 verse 38 begins and he says, but he was in the stern, asleep on the couch. Who is on, who's asleep on the couch? Jesus is. And I'm going to show you why he's on the couch asleep. It doesn't make any sense. Why are you sleeping when there's a storm taking place? And they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? When we lack peace, we turn to fear and doubt. 
Now understand, they had knowledge. They had personal peace because when Jesus says, we're going to get to it, let's get to the other side, they're professional fishermen. They would have looked in the atmosphere and they would have seen it was a calm day for sailing. They knew that that particular sea, that there were times where it can suddenly just become turbulent. And so when they looked, first thing was personal peace. Okay, let's go. But God says, you can't live off personal peace because when anxiety comes, come on. It's going to reveal your conscience and your conviction, but it's also going to reveal, are you called by God? And so they got into the boat, not because he commanded them, but because they were calm in personal peace. (laughs) And so a lot of times people have gotten saved because it was calm and we didn't tell them, hold on a second here. You got to answer the call of God on your life. Are you with me, TGP? That God is calling us. He is calling great things. He's calling us to make decisions that bring about his glory. And so what happened is this, when we lack peace, we turn to fear and doubt and so jesus then goes in mark 4 verse 39 and he wakes up he rebukes the wind and says to the sea peace be still that word peace is not the same peace we're talking about here that word peace watch us now he speaks first to the external peace so he can deal with the internal peace he tells the sea says silent stop speaking oh come on come on that's what he said he says i'm muzzling your mouth If you don't close the mouth of the anxiety that's coming, I don't care how much you want to pray, how much you want to do things, the enemy is going to say, I still have authority. Until you can tell the enemy to be quiet. Oh, come on, somebody. That that is not God's word. That is the wind of deception. I'm not going to believe it at all, even if it's going to cost me my personal peace. Ooh, come on, somebody. Because there's going to come a time in your life where your personal peace is going to be challenged. Because you got to move from knowledge to understanding of what God is doing. And so he says, peace be still. And then watch this now. Jesus, position of peace. I want you to write that down. Watch it. Write that down. Jesus' position of peace. What position was he in? We see he was sitting on the stern, on the cushion. And we think that was his position. No, it wasn't. That was the natural. <laughs> That was his personal piece. It's a cushion. He's the head of the ship. He wasn't doing this because he would have drowned. He was like this, sleeping. That's how they did That's why there was a cushion. He's like this, and the storm's going. He's like this. And they're like, Jesus, come on, switch positions. <laughs> why? How are you sleeping? Isn't your personal peace being disrupted? He goes, I won't let anxiety come in. Come on. No, no, no. No, no, no. And so our position, right, is this, is that we think, that seeing Jesus sitting on the cushion in the stern was his position. And that was his position. Let me show you just his position. His position was found in Mark chapter 4 verse 35. He was already in advance knowing the call of God before he went out. He doesn't try to figure it out when he's going. He already knows in advance what he's supposed to do. So if we look to Mark 4 verse 35 and get down to the screen, listen to what he said. He says, on that day. When even had come, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. The father told them, get to the other side. So his position wasn't the cushion. His position was the word of God. If he spoke it, I got to get there. So I'm going to just chill. I don't care what the enemy does trying to ruin my personal peace. He can't mess with it. I don't care what the kids are saying. I don't care what the boss is saying. I don't care what the world is saying. I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, get to the other side. That's all I need. 
That's all I need. That is so good. That's Jesus' position of peace. He says, I only do what the Father tells me. I only do the will of the Father. So if he said, get to the other side, guess what? We're going to get to the other side. Oh, man. And so when we process our peace, we have to recognize this. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So what's our position in peace? We see Jesus and he sat there. And Has God put something in your heart that requires God to fulfill? If God's put something in your heart that only God can fulfill, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you to get out of your personal peace. If, if you have something that you can accomplish with your own intellect, your own understanding, then yeah, okay. But if there's something that God is calling you to that requires his peace, I'm talking to you this morning. Because here is the key. Here's what I need Magon to see. Here's what I need Lizzie to see. Here's what I need Danny and Blaine to see. Here's what I need the church to see is simply this. Is that because I recognize Jesus' position of peace was to always do the will of the Father. And because of what he's done, my position in peace is this. I get to sleep and relax. Because in Psalms 4 verse 8 it says this, in peace. In peace, Psalms 4 verse 8. I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And so Jesus was saying to them, um, it's not that I don't care about you. It's that your personal peace is being disrupted right now and you're scared. You're not really concerned. You're just scared because your personal peace is being affected. When you got in the boat with me um, and, and you're stuck because you're in the middle of this storm. You can't go back to shore. And, and we haven't gotten to the other side as yet. But when we read, and, and, and I encourage you to continue to read that story, on the other side, on the other side was deliverance. On the other side was someone who needed to be delivered from their bondage of chains, from the bondage of an economic situation. On the other side of your obedience is somebody's freedom. Oh, God. On the other side of your personal peace being interrupted. It's somebody's freedom that they can finally sleep at night. This demoniac, he couldn't sleep. And anyone that came through there, he lived in the tombs of the dead people. And there were chains and he would break them. And no one was able to go there. And so therefore, church, for us to see people free, we got to get to places that nobody else wants to go to. And God says, Jesus, get to the other side. He says, take them with you. He says, that's the word of God. And you went, and he just went like this, and we're sleeping. And he's saying, guys, you're watching the wind. Watch me sleep. Watch me sleep. Watch me sleep because we're going to get there. You know what's so powerful as well? If you read the story in Mark 4 when they got to the other side, I promise you that man had no personal peace. He was tormented. Legions of demons. It's a story that Jesus asked him, what is your name? We are legions. A Roman soldier army of over 6,000. That's the condition that he was in. 
And so no wonder the enemy tried to disturb the personal peace. They wanted to turn back and let the person still live in this bondage. But there's a peace of God that guards your life. He wanted that individual to be able to sleep. He wanted the individual to be free from the bondage. Our position in peace is we want to see people free, y'all. We want to see people free. doesn't matter what city you go to now. You go to L.A. and you just see homeless camps just set up. doesn't matter where you go. New Orleans, you just see it. Wherever I'm going, I'm just seeing people who need peace. They're like this. I need peace. And God is saying, church, we must get in the position of peace. That we must be able to know that we can lie down and sleep. Not so he can rock us, or the enemy can rock us and, uh, 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 and, and, and take us out. It's so that he makes us dwell in safety. So that we can go out and do what he's called us to do. Whatever head bowed, every eyes closed. I say this again. When anxiety attacks your peace, what do you do? Offer a prayer of peace. What do you do when we lack peace? Get into the position of peace. It's so good. You're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Roe, I lack peace in certain areas of my life. answered the call of God in my life and everything just went crazy that's okay that's okay so good come on come on sing it Richard with your head bowed and as you heard that song minister to you if anxiety is taking a toll on you given all that we're seeing going on in this world I want to pray for you this morning if you find yourself in the middle of a storm I have two advice for you number one Go listen to Rick's message again. And number two, find your position in Christ. Pastor Roe, my kids, don't get out of position in peace. Come on. No, 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 no. My finances, don't get out of position of peace. No, 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 no. no. On the other side of your obedience is someone's deliverance. On the other side of you answering the call is someone's calm. On the other side of your obedience is an opportunity, your position in peace. 
So if you're lacking peace this morning, please, I would love to pray with you. If you're dealing with anxiety, I would love to pray with you as well. And so as Richie sings that song one more time, if that's you, I would like to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to come and we're going to pray. Because here's the deal. On the other side of your obedience, someone's going to be at peace with God. On the other side of the call on your life, someone's going to be calm and know the peace with God. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you in the name that's above every name. If that's you and this message has resonated with you and you want prayer, you want to come and just be with the Lord and says, God, I'm going to stay in this position of peace. I'm exhausted. I need to lie down. I need to get sleep. I'm exhausted from all the worry. Lord, you got to make me dwell in safety. If that's you, I would like to invite you to come. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's process together. Let's pray together. Let's believe God. Jesus, I've got to make a major decision. And so I need peace. I can't lack peace and try to make a decision. I need peace. Anxiety is coming from every side trying to discourage me, trying to get me to lose sleep. And so, Jesus, I need you. And I'm going to offer this prayer with thanksgiving. I'm making my request known to God. If that's you, we'd like to invite you to come. Go ahead, Richie, and sing it again. Yes. Glory of your presence. I find rest for my As a pastor uh, and having the, the, the great privilege and honor of, of pastoring people, whenever I meet with them and we're talking about processing something, the first thing we try to look for is, okay, so tell me where the anxiety is coming from. Like, like what, what's being disturbed in your life right now? What is God doing right now in your life that's causing you to make these decisions? And that's the first thing. And if we don't get to a place, body of Christ, where we entertain that 
we're going to continue to see the church weak and not walking in what God has for us. That we'll become religious and we'll just show up, but we won't walk into freedom. And what I'm telling you right now is anxiety is no joke. Anxiety is going to increase as we're going to start to see things are happening. We start seeing people fall away from the faith. When you start to see persecution increase, it's going to manifest that your personal peace can't save you. Your personal peace can't sustain you. Your personal peace, you better throw that out, right? Because you're going to get in the boat with Jesus and the storm is going to come and the boat is going to rock and you got to be able to hold your kids with one hand. Come on, somebody. And tell the devil to shut up with the other hand. And you've got to know your personal peace ain't going to work here you've got to know anxiety you're not gonna stop me i said yes to jesus and i'm gonna get to the other side i'm vulnerable right now but there's a voice that says be peace Ro. be at peace be at peace and allow me to do the work that's the church that we're going to see is people are going to get out of their personal peace and step into the peace of god and they're going to do great things they're going to do marvelous things they're going to do wonderful things i'm prophesying to you right now because that's exactly where your pastor is. That's exactly where your pastor is. And if I'm the priest, if God has called me to lead this church, I'm telling you that what happens to the head is happening to the body. And transition is coming. I'm telling you right now. And God is moving you out of your personal peace because that's what he's doing to me. And he wants me to understand when anxiety attacks, you've got to fight and roll. And when you lack peace, you've got to stay in a position of peace or the devil will mess with you. You've got to understand this message. It's just not some cute message. I'm telling you, I'm walking through this. And by God's grace, we cannot miss it. If we don't get to the other side, people will stay in bondage. If we don't get to the other side, people will be in chains. Come on, somebody. Living in the tombs that people can't cross over. Are you hearing me, TGP? For the apostolic call on my life is stirring. And I give you this message. Because I'm telling you, there needs to be a peace that guards your life. Or you will make decisions that will abort your destiny. You will be saved. Ooh, come on. You'll make it to heaven. But you will not make a difference. And if you want to make a difference, your personal peace is going to be disturbed. My God, disturb it right now, Lord. Get us out of our comfort zone. Get us out of living calm. Let us have service where the Holy Ghost wrecks us, God. Get us out of our comfort zone. Let our kids see that we want Jesus. Let our kids see that all we need is Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm walking through this with you. In Jesus' name. Father, bless your people. Bless your people. Bless your people with a peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. But let me invite you to do something. When you're with your family, tell your family, let's welcome the peace of God this Thanksgiving. Come on, come on, come on, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them, let's welcome the peace of God. 
on this Thanksgiving. Let's welcome the peace of God on this Thanksgiving. God, we thank you for your peace. We're going to stay in a position of peace. No fight, no conflict. Why? Because the peace of God is here. Yes, that uncle, that nephew, come on, that cousin. Come on, it's at the table where we're going to rejoice and thank God for his peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you.